Welcome to the Two Stewards Show. This episode is brought to you from Hamilton, Ontario, where the weather forecast is cold and gray, foggy and dreary, dismal and bleak, somewhat like the economic forecast of this country. To turn things around, we need lots of people who are prepared to work hard, combat harsh weather, not see the sun for weeks on end, commute in bumper-to-bumper traffic, with the possibility of not even being able to find a house to live in. Where could we find such people? Leave it to the experts, because Canada is growing. Much to our surprise, hundreds of thousands of immigrants and non-permanent residents are arriving here every few months. Unfortunately, our housing supply is struggling to grow fast enough to keep up. This episode is about the transformation of this hard northern country into a booming and prosperous nation of thriving asset owners and all the rest of the hopeless and sometimes homeless non-citizens who are just trying to keep up. If you sense some sarcasm and are also wondering where all these people are supposed to live, then perhaps give this one a listen. All this growth certainly leads to an increased demand for housing, and if you are looking to steward your wealth using real estate, immigration and population growth is a trend to keep a close eye on. To contact the show, email us at hello at twostewards.ca, twostewards.ca. And now, let's try to dispel the foggy clouds of Canada's immigration dynamics. Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Two Stewards Show. I'm your host, Mark, and I'm here with your other host, Brent. Hello, everybody. Welcome, Brent. And we've been doing a series on money, talking about money, but we're going to take a little break and uh, just catch up with some current events, because uh, the current events are, well, they're quite current, and they're quite eventful, aren't they, Brent? <laughs> um, I'm surprised you haven't commented on my nice new glasses. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> uh, Brent's got some blue light glasses, and uh, the first thing I asked him when I walked in is, uh, are those ladies' glasses? <laughs> and uh, I've got a graphic here, just in case uh, anybody is, uh, has seen Seinfeld, episode where George had ladies' frames. That's, uh, I think that's what's befallen our young friend here. Oh, man. <laughs> Anyways, back to current events. Well, we were doing a nice series, and then you texted me. He's like, oh, we got to do something on the current events because the population stats just came in. And- uh, yeah, because it's just so, I mean, to get us to stop talking Just about when we had built momentum. Properties of money. Fiat money and yeah. all this stuff. See, gotta go it's got to be it. pretty, um, it's got to be quite something. Groundbreaking. <clears throat> but yeah, so numbers have come out for the last quarter. Yeah. In uh, in Canada, in immigration, and again, we're interested in investing in real estate. Um, we still like real estate, and you know it's a tough environment right now with interest rates being high. Although it looks like they're coming down, and um, prices also being high, although they've come down, it's still you know we're in a bit of a conundrum of affordability. And we've had a thesis uh, for quite a while, I think, and I mean a lot of this. Um, stuff has been talked about by other people as well so the Caradza brothers out of oakville really uh, put me on a lot of this stuff um years ago and they've been beating the drum about population growth in southern ontario among other things also inflation etc when you say beating the drum just talking about it or actually um i mean i don't think they have like is it a, drum. well but it, yeah but is it an alarmist kind of like not, not alarmist, but they've really been like talking about it when nobody else was talking about it. Right. And have continued to do so. And just like, just this is interesting. Like, look at immigration. Look at the numbers, right? And immigration wouldn't be such a bad thing. And it's not really no, it's a bad thing. Whatever. It's just if you don't have the resources to house people and uh, provide for them when they get here. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like this perfect storm in, in Canada and Southern Ontario, right? We have, we've talked about inflation to death, Yeah. right? The growth in money supply and how that affects asset prices and what that does to real estate. So that's like, that is sort of the background. That's like the big tidal swell that's pulling everything along. But then you add in the regular factors of supply and demand, right? So we talk about the number of houses being built, how there's been a shortfall for a long time of houses being built yeah. just with regular growth and then immigration has been inching up and inching up and like 
it's like the inches, the inches have been getting bigger <laughs> yeah they're, they're turning into feet well, it's like a hockey stick growth well, right it's like uh fiat growth right yeah uh how do you measure something interesting when the standard of measurement or the unit of measurement keeps changing yeah and yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um <coughs> so anyways yeah supply demand right and and people um have dismissed a lot of this stuff kind of out of hand saying like oh no you know here's why prices have gone up it's because of uh it's because of these airbnbs or it's because of uh, this or that right trying to pick one little thing it's like no there's a lot of stuff yeah, well they on. usually blame it on the investors right not just uh, yeah that was but a, investors in yeah. general um, well there's always a new boogeyman Right. right. It's well, no, it is because <laughs> yeah. sometimes depending who you talk to, right? For yeah, some but those people, investors, man, they're pesky investors. They just buy everything up. Yeah, they're no buying. Wonder, yeah. they're buying stuff. How could they do that? <laughs> right? Like, oh, uh, yeah. It just it boggles the mind, right? When people don't really understand, like behind, just the basics of what's going on, right? Of course, investors are going to buy because they're like first time home buyers can't. They yeah. can't afford it. Yeah. So as assets rises, investors are able to leverage that, and then they can actually buy more stuff because other people can't. Yeah. It's so is it their them. fault that it's going up, or is it no, the fact it, that it goes up gives them the exactly? They're riding this wave, right? Investors. Um, anyways, yeah, we're going on a going on a little bit of a rant here, but people will talk about like one one aspect of supply or one aspect of demand and say, oh, here's the problem. And we just got to fix this one thing. Right. And it's like, no, it's, there's so many issues. Right. Yeah. We're not building enough homes. We haven't been for a while. We have more household formations coming as millennials get older and like eventually get a life and get responsible and start to, yeah. to build families, right? That's happening and later. That's kind of tied to the, now. The, the family unit kind of getting smaller and smaller yeah. too, right? Like yeah. the number of people per household <clears throat> yeah. shrinking historically. Yeah, but yeah, millennials are finally kind of getting with it and they're, they're forming families. And I hey, think... I'm a millennial, man, <laughs> I think. <laughs> hey, get, as, get him, I'm a millennial. <laughs> as a group, right? Uh, and... I, I, I think we're going to see a change in that. Yeah. Um, as as the world generally swings back more conservative, I think we're going to see people starting families younger again, yeah. and a bit of a, a bit of a shift, and maybe even bigger families, right? Um, but anyways, that's that's uh, neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so demand, right? Houses, not not enough houses being built, and like we're looking at some figures now where. Uh, housing starts are just falling off a cliff yeah right because this it all lags right it's not like immediate so any houses that were being built or a subdivision that was planned you know a couple of years ago that's it's being built yeah because of the fundings in well, place actually some might not be being built because their interest rates are uh jumped up quite quite uh a bit higher than they might have calculated their numbers on originally and now they're like you know what Let's just hold off on this. For a bit. Well, it depends what stage they're in, right? <laughs> yeah. If they're shoveling the ground, they're yeah they're probably building, gonna yeah. they're gonna build. Yeah. Because the the financial penalties to stop outweigh the benefits. Yeah. Um. But yeah, anybody who was like in the planning stages. Yeah. You may have sunk a, a little bit of money into planning, but um, like just stop, right? Yeah. Because it, it doesn't make sense right now. Yeah, take your time. <clears throat> and this has been happening for a while, right? This is going back a year when they're starting to stop uh, new new development. So we're going to see over the next 18, 24 months, um, like this will continue to happen, which means, right, over the next, in the like looking three, four years ahead, right? Because you can't just build houses like that, yeah. right? You can, like, you could buy a home and convert it. <laughs> But don't they have those prefab, prefab ones and uh, 3D printed houses or whatever? <laughs> the shipping container ones? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah, we've seen that as a solution to the, to, for homeless people being housed, but that's not, uh, that's uh, not everybody. The point is, um, housing starts have fallen, which means there's a lot of houses that will not be built over the next three years, yeah. right? Because once housing starts increase again, or once people start to think about it, there's there's that delay, yeah, because because the planning process in Canada is just ridiculous, right? Yeah. I can't so, remember. But what was the so the reason that prompted this whole uh, current event kind of chat was some information that came out around immigration statistics. 
Yeah. And that's on the demand side, right? Because that's yeah. um, not the supply of housing, but it's the demand for it. Um, so what what kind of came out and what, uh, what were those numbers? <laughs> so last quarter, Q3, in Canada, we had 430,000 um, net new people living here and uh if you're if you're watching on the youtubes that's not that many is it <laughs> i've got uh, got a chart here um so this breaks it down right 2023 q3 2023 components of population growth from international sources so uh, on the right side here we have 100 just about 108,000 permanent residents yeah. So our average over the last three decades, I think you pulled this up before, was about 315,000 um, per year. Total new residents per year, and that would include um, <laughs> non-permanent residents as well. But So just this number, 108,000, that's one quarter that would okay, yeah, outdo went, that growth. Just so people are very clear, one quarter, like Q3, yeah. is three months, right? Three months. Out of the year. So yes. three months in a year. Yeah. <laughs> so in three months, it was... What? So 108,000 permanent residents. Okay. And then when you add up uh, the rest, it's just over 300,000 non-permanent residents. And you might say, oh, what's the big deal, non-permanent residents, right? So number one, they all need somewhere to live. Yeah. Even if they're not here... Forever. Like they're going to be here for at least one year. Yeah. Um, and probably more depending on who they are. So you can look, there's, you know, break it down, 32,000 asylum claimants. Um, they may or yeah. may not receive asylum. But again, this but is... But they're living here. This is a quarter. So if you were to extrapolate this out to a full year, yeah, that would be 112, 118,000 or something. I've got to look up the population of various cities. Asylum so claimants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, look it up. Um, and then we see, uh, so 104,000 <coughs> study or study and work permit holders. Uh, other non-permanent is 12,000, so that's a bit of a, you know, the catch-all for other stuff. And then there's 164,000 work permit holders. So I would say that the study or study and work permit holders group uh, is the same uh, not the same, but uh, in the same grouping as the work permit holders, because the vast majority of work permit holders are going to be people who are international students who have graduated from um, a college here and then automatically or not automatically, but then they can apply. And I think all of them do. They would apply to get a work permit. Right. And because they their intention for, coming here was to study. And but, then get a job. And then get a job here, right? Not like study, get some education well, and go so, back to the country they came from and work there? Yeah. So we'll we'll get into that. Like <laughs> okay. what the whole <laughs> shtick is here. And like we've talked about it before, so it's no surprise. But um, anyway, so that's 200, or, yeah, 270,000, let's say, um, either basically international students, I would say. Um, in one quarter. In one quarter. And this is net new. So, I mean, a lot of these work permit holders are people that stayed. Yeah. But it's not like, oh, yeah, no, they were already here. Like, they were already here, but this is net new. So, this accounts for all the people who went back home. So, this right. is an increase in our population of 430,000 people yeah. who were not there. Like, some of them some may might have, have been. come and then some got their came, thing some went, went. But yeah. overall, 430,000 more people added to our population. We just crossed four, um, 40 million, like not too long ago. Not too, yeah. We mentioned it on the podcast, yeah. right? Not too. And we're at 40 and a half million, uh, people right now. So, I mean, <clears throat> yeah. How many of them are in Ontario? I don't know if I have, uh, have a chart here somewhere, but, but the point is for, um, people looking at real estate here and if you've rented a house lately uh anywhere in any you know reasonable population center you will have had a ton of um uh a ton of students yeah looking right in in any pl like any place that we've like we haven't rented at that many but the few that long term that we have um we've seen like numerous student applicants even short-term rentals that we have we get a ton of students uh, applying just for like 
a short stay while they try to find housing because yeah. they can't find housing. Here, check this up on the screen for a second. So this just, uh, it helps to kind of watch these episodes maybe <laughs> to see the graphs, but this is uh, 2019. Um, the government kind of, uh, Statistics Canada came out with this data. So this is from StatsCan. This is a projection of the uh, number of non-permanent residents. So you can kind of see the historic trend lines is definitely going up uh, quite significantly. But um, in 2019, they made some projections, right? And they said, okay, well, like a low projection basically just is a flat line at this current rate. And like, how unrealistic is that? Well, right? and this based on government estimates, though, right? They yeah. were also working with the federal government. Like, here's our targets. Yeah, that's what, four years ago they, they made these kind yeah. of assumptions? And so the high, the highest projected line they had back in 2019 uh, would basically level off at around 2 million um, as a total in, what, in, in like the 2040s. Yeah. So <laughs> let's pull up this other graph here. So this here is the actual. So if you see this yellow line, this is the actual. And I, it just basically skyrockets to the top of the chart, 2.5 million, and we're only four years in. So... Yeah, we uh, we met our targets. Next. We exceeded our targets by five hundred thousand uh, twenty years earlier. <laughs> uh, Holy cow! But yeah, that. Do you think that's going to have an impact on uh, housing and demand and uh, all the other different services around? Not just uh, not just housing, but yeah. And I mean, you think about it. So two yeah, two and a half million. Here, I'll pull up. Uh, one here, Ontario International Student Visas issued by year, cumulative, um, and yeah, so it's... I guess, yeah, like, what is the cause of that increase, right? Like, why does it jump well, here, so here's quickly, one. so fast? So this is just Ontario. International Student Visas issued by year. So obviously, um, like, you got different colored lines here, right? And they correspond to different years, so 2015. Like every year, it grows and grows and grows. So 2015, we saw 100,000 international student visas issued by year, uh, like for that year. And uh, and this is when some people were catching on, like, hey, there's we got a lot of international students. Like this is having yeah, an effect yeah. on I on, think a lot of the people that are going to college and university also noticed. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, it seems to be like changing yeah. um i think i so i forget when i went i think i graduated in 2013 yeah i forget anyways um but yeah i know like you know my siblings who went to school 10 years later than i did their experience was just way different than mine right they go to school and like their the school's just like completely uh, different culture. There's people from all over the world. Yeah. Whereas like when I went to school, it was basically just people who could drive there like from their parents' house. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, or people who would live there. Like when I went to school, Brent. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a different era. I mean, that was, we had like Plato and uh, yeah. Aristotle were teaching us. So it was, you know, it was pretty good, but uh, we were all international students back then. So we had to go to Greece. <laughs> Uh, no, but they're like, yeah, international students weren't really a thing then. Like there's yeah. the odd one year and there. Yeah. But um, not, yeah, nothing like, like what we're looking at here. So yeah, 2015, every year that went up. But if you look at the trends, like they're just... The, the line the, is increasing. Yeah. It's getting <clears throat> larger and lar like the percentage of growth is getting larger and larger. So we had just over 300,000 in 2022. Uh, we are just about at that point for 2023, but yeah, we still have September, a quarter to yeah. go. Yeah. So the data is not out yet on that. Yeah. That was the end of September. <clears throat> so, I mean, you can, so we're, we're at least going to see 350,000 um, probably. So this is just in Ontario, international student visas. Um, like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> right. Uh, so, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that's a population of. I don't know. Population of somewhere. What's the population right? of Han Hamilton? Well, Hamilton's about... Is it 500,000? Just over 500 in the... It's 540,000? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but it, just just imagine, right? That, that ridiculous um, growth. <clears throat> and it would be one thing if the federal government had said, hey, guys, like 10 years ago, 
And it's interesting. A lot of this seems to have started around when a certain prime minister came into uh, office. Um, but if they just told everybody, like, whether you agree with it or not, yeah. here's our plan. Yeah. So we'll start, start preparing. Like, that's, that's responsible, right? We're going to see a <laughs> lot of growth. And, uh, like, everybody get ready. Because we need to, like, whether you agree, you know. Yeah. Like but I said, if, the, if you agree or not. Yeah. But if, the, like if no one experiences the pain of... Um, you know, not being able to find a house or the rent going up, right? Nobody's like, it's not like 10 years ago, people were all of a sudden, okay, let's make a hundred units of whatever housing in this little neighborhood because, you know, yeah. population's coming, right? Let's be uh, like, yeah, it but- just, it, it's hard to financially incentivize that because who's going to take the risk of building housing when the demand's not there, right? Because if, if you build it, you're going to spend the money on building it, but then you're not going to have the income uh, that you need to pay for that. So that's a, you have to have a lot of foresight to do that, right? Um, um, okay, but you don't need to have a lot of foresight to like model out population growth. Yeah. And here's, you know, here's how, and maybe not immediately, but after a few years, because every year they consistently exceeded immigration targets. Yeah. Like every year <laughs> they would have a target and they would break it. So, and like this is intentional because it's not like there's just, um, but you were saying it would be responsible people, for the government to say, okay, guys, let's make some housing for these people because they're coming. Well, right? even housing, like you yeah. said, because housing, as we know, is not created by the government as much as they would like to pretend that they uh, create it. Yeah. Um, they're pretty good at pretending. Aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're pre- yeah, that's the pretenders. <laughs> that was a good group, and now they're back um, <laughs> from the 70s and 80s. <laughs> Uh, but it's not, you know, for a such a strong centrally uh, planned government, right? We have federal, we have provincial, we have municipal. You talked a little bit about the growth in um, government employees, which is just staggering. Yeah. Right. What was the number? Did we say that on the on the show already? No. It was before. Oh, I got something like it a, back. You know, private sector growth was three point three percent. Yeah, one sec. Uh, yeah. And, oh, man, it blows my mind. Yeah, okay. So this is for a Fraser Institute study uh, that found between February 2020 and June 2023. So it's a three-year period. The government sector job growth was 11.8% growth, and the private sector was 33 <laughs> <laughs> oh, The number of government bureaucrats increased by a whopping 446,000 people over that period. So, with that additional 446,000 people, you would think somebody would say, like, hey, we got to coordinate. Like, it's not just housing, right? Leave housing to the side, but what about infrastructure? Yeah. Right? Like, you need you need more of everything. You need more hospitals. You need more services. You need... And maybe that's where some of these uh, government employees are working. Um, but, like, I doubt it because... Some um, of them. It's like a, all of them. <laughs> Only three three percent are going to the press. Well, who knows where they're working, right? Yeah, At the <clears throat> green energy slush fund or something. Oh. Um, but yeah, and then with housing, like there are ways to incentivize housing. Yeah. Right. Uh, what was it? Twenty twenty one. John Tory increased development charges in the city of Toronto by forty nine percent. So. You know, if you're the federal government yeah. and you're printing money anyways, then maybe you just go to the municipalities and say, hey, guys, cut your development charges yeah. to nothing yeah. or to very little, and we'll make up the rest. We'll fund you, right? There's a way to do it. Like, if you're going to waste money, like, they're plenty good at wasting money. Yeah. Waste it on this so <laughs> that we can incentivize more housing. <laughs> because if you cut development charges and cut all the process of of being able to build houses, build yeah. a subdivision, build a purpose-built rental. It's a lot more attractive rental. to build, right? Yeah. Because <clears throat> how, like, how long does it take? I think seven years or something. If you want to build a subdivision in Ontario, something like that, from start to shovels in the ground is like seven years. Right? You go to, <laughs> go to Texas, go to places in the States where it's something like it's less than a year. Yeah. Right? You go yeah. by the land... And maybe you take a gamble or maybe you start the permit process or whatever. Yeah. But, right. You get the land. You go get permits. You Here's build. what we want to do. Good. Okay. Build. Yeah, Done. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> so there's no need there's no need for all the red tape and all the bureaucracy. You hearing that people who are listening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure government uh, officials who are listening. I don't know. So yeah, let me just read another quote. So this is the article that okay, it's from the Financial Post. Uh, the year 2022 set a record for housing starts at 320,000. So, okay, that was last year, a record housing start. So people are building houses, 320,000 units. <coughs> but that's less than a third the immigration rate and not even enough to house the 446 employees out of the federal public service in the last three years. <laughs> so it's just hilarious, right? Like oh, we're actually oh, building more houses, right? Like it's, it, they said it's a record number. Last year. But yeah, look at housing year. starts yeah, now. This year, yeah, okay. Because those were pro again; those are projects that were already. Yeah. But even rolling, even if you do set a record yeah. on how many houses you're building, uh, it's still <laughs> it's still one third of the immigration rate. But immigration is like it's not birth, right? With birth, like a baby's born, he doesn't need a house, right? It's going to be like years and years. Maybe if you're like yeah. one of those Saudi babies, the royal family, right? <laughs> and you get a house and you get a house. <laughs> you get a palace yeah. right away. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's population growth yeah. that doesn't Organic growth. Yeah, that doesn't require instantaneous household formation whereas immigration, like unless you're um, like you mentioned there's a as a portion of the people who are families reuniting, right? Or uh, perhaps that sort of thing. Like where, household like, formation. Yeah. yeah, where people are coming over, but they already have family here, a place to stay. Okay, those aren't, they aren't, uh, they maybe want a house and they would yeah. choose to live in their own house, but they're not going to necessarily, um, you know, need that right away. But most immigrants are not permanent residents. They're just going to need a place to live. Like they don't have families, not like they're, you know. Um, well, the, the students place. for sure. They're yeah. all like single <sighs> students. And now they're like, they'll live through, they'll pack them in tighten yeah. your house but yeah. um now keep in mind when you when we talk about um housing units each housing unit um will hold a, like not just one person right yeah so the numbers i've seen recently are 2.5 i had always worked with the assumption of 2.9 yeah uh but so somewhere between 2.5 to 3 people <coughs> will live in one housing unit unit yeah okay. um and, you know, that that's an average, right? So a housing unit could have three bedrooms. It'll have more people. A one bedroom might just have one person. Yeah. Or maybe it has two people or yeah. two people and a baby. Yeah. And a cat and a dog. Um, <laughs> but we don't count for babies. <laughs> so, But if you tripled that to what it, like, yeah. based on our actual housing supply and housing starts and just say, okay, well, if our immigration is triple the housing, like, you need to have three times that. So if you're saying it's two and a half... Or three, so yeah. you need like, you know, eight, nine people in a house. <laughs> or per unit, per housing unit. Anyways. Per unit. Yeah, so here's uh, here's another one. Annual population growth, number of persons uh, by source. So we've seen, again, if you're listening, you won't see this, but it's uh, it's a chart. Some colors on it. So we have permanent residents are the, is the blue section here. Non-permanent residents is orange. All else is... Um, is the gray and so all else was actually negative uh the last few we're years we're just into hockey sticks in this podcast <laughs> <laughs> pretty much well canadian right yeah celebrate our culture that's yeah, that's what canada's things. maybe justin trudeau's legacy is gonna <laughs> be like the hockey stick <laughs> <laughs> all of our statistics were straight forever you have and then enough hockey went, sticks for an entire nhl team yeah. right like deficit yeah debt uh bureaucracy yeah number of employees of the government <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm starting to understand yeah. now what the uh, what's go okay. It's all based on hockey. We should start this. Like, I have the Century 21 initiative, and now I need like the hockey stick initiative. Oh man, <laughs> um, no, Century 21 is a real estate group, isn't it? It's mm. uh, the oh the 21st Century Initiative. I can't remember. Oh, what, what 100 C100 something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, getting back to this uh, annual population growth just in Ontario. I so think it's the Century Initiative. <laughs> yes, I th yeah, I think you're right. Right, we could say an average of probably 175,000 since 1971. Hey, this chart starts in 1971. Interesting. Interesting. Um, right, and then you saw an uptick in 2016. Started to push up. We had COVID. It dropped down again. Uh, but then just this massive, massive growth, right? 2021 to 22, over 300,000 new people just in Ontario. 
and then this year so far, the year's not 2022 to 23, uh, we're just over 500,000. Um, like, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just, just mind blowing. Mind blowing. Um, and that's, again, that's just, uh, just Ontario. And you got to remember when we have this massive growth, massive, um, influx, right? Most like half of the people are going to the areas around Vancouver and Toronto. Yeah. Right. You've got, you've got some Calgary and, um, you know, some other like Montreal has secondary things and even probably Hamilton, I would argue, um, a sort of secondary, um, yeah. uh, targets or whatever. Uh, but that's, it's not like they're evenly spread out. There's not a lot of people moving to Saskatchewan or Manitoba. Right. Yeah. And, um, I don't like, this is not sustainable. And I think this article here, you put it up. So like, this is from better dwelling. So Canada's immigration plan is not viable in any version of reality bmo so that's a bmo uh like a comment from bmo um bank of montreal bank of montreal yeah um <clears throat> they they in the article they they talk about um like how the fact that we tripled our uh immigration right and they just say like despite any or many commendable efforts in no version of reality can housing supply respond <laughs> to an almost overnight tripling in the run rate of new bodies so there's yeah. like there is no practical way that housing can keep up even if you had unlimited money there's still other limitations that just yeah we don't have yeah, enough you, there is no way to keep up with this so like that's that that kind of makes the affordability crisis that everyone's talking about in housing yeah. like even worse right and and I'd like to point out that even if we stopped immigration right now yeah. Like we, we, we have a housing crisis. <clears throat> we have like record numbers of homeless encampments uh, all over the place, people using food banks. Even if we stopped it right now, this crisis will continue yeah. for years. It's like inflation, Unless right? Everybody moves back, back yeah. home. Everybody who came here, like millions of people move back home. <laughs> we can get back to affordability. Yeah. But um, well, yeah. it's like inflation, right? Once inflation goes up, it doesn't go back down. And yeah. uh, I, I looked into this a little bit too with rents. So like same thing with rents, right? Historical rents, rents go up, right? But they don't come down. And uh, I was just digging up some rent numbers the other day and you can kind of see like every time there's a, some sort of crisis, the rent doesn't actually go down. No. Or it doesn't, it doesn't go up like crazy and then come down for a little bit. And go, like it just continually climbs up, yeah. right? And, uh, and yeah, you can say, okay, well, inflation's slowing down or let's say immigration. Let's say next year they decide, oh, this is not politically popular. We got to stop, like tone this down. Let's reduce the immigration numbers back down to like three, 400,000 instead of 1.2 million. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's but still, it's still going up, Mark. It's still <laughs> it's not, adding on to the people that go, are already here. You have to go minus 1.2 million for a couple of years to get back to where we yeah. were two years ago. And <laughs> Oh man, <clears throat> it's um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, like, yeah. What else can you say about it? It's uh, we just need to build more houses, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, permanent our non-permanent resident population uh, is now. Well, you said over two and a half million, right? For a, a country of forty million people. Right? Yeah. At the current rate, in a few years, we'll be at like ten percent of our population will be in non-permanent. <laughs> I think you need to repeat that. Okay, ten. Yeah, so we're at right now. We're at um, like probably six or seven percent of our population is non-permanent residents. Like, what does that do to it? Like, even just think about culture. And, yeah. Uh, like we we've talked about infrastructure and all this other stuff, but what does that do to culture? Right. Yeah. There. There are the more conspiracy-minded people yeah. out there who say that, look, this is further proof of, um, you know, this sort of global elite, Cultural world economic forum. Yeah. Well, there, and you see this, like, it's definitely <coughs> happening in Europe. Yeah. And they're saying that they want it to happen here. Where we're They're trying intentionally to destroy um, sort of this European, white, Christian like culture. values. Yeah. Yeah, just trying to destroy this culture. Yeah. Because the people who are immigrating, um, by and large, are from Muslim countries. Yeah. 
right? In India, I wouldn't say, like India is one of the biggest sources of international students. So, I mean, it's not, uh, I don't think they're majority Muslim, but there are a lot of Muslims there, right? Yeah. But there's, you've also got Sikhs and uh, Hindus. Um, but the point is, people from sort of these traditional, you know, first world countries are not the ones who are immigrating. It's people from third world, second world countries, yeah. right? So the argument is that they're trying to destroy our culture, our culture, and um, like... Yeah, I don't know. To, to, I don't think the I can't ascribe that much competence to any government. Yeah, right. When you look at the just the sheer incompetence and corruption, but there's so many of them. They got four hundred and forty six thousand <laughs> yeah. new employees. You think that they would be a little bit smarter? Well, no, but that's part of the <coughs> part of the issue, right? Yeah, is that it's self perpetuating, and yeah. when it's dumb ideas, those dumb ideas spawn more dumb ideas. And you just, you get yeah, fiefdoms. I just think about that. Like, if you have that many more government employees, and that the government is funded by the private sector, and the private sector grew at 3.3% versus 11. Like, Interesting. Where is the money coming to pay for all those government yeah. employees, right? Yeah, it's certainly How? coming from the private sector, unless you look at increased taxes. Yeah, it's coming from and so that's money. <laughs> well, that's, it's just... More evidence hey, that this we're episode gonna... dovetails quite well with our currency. <laughs> well, it does. It, yeah, it's just it's evidence that we're going to see more inflation. We have to. Who's going to pay for the like pay for everything? It's not the private sector. The private sector in home building is pulling back, right? <coughs> yeah, homes like home starts are going to drop. And yeah. um, well, what's interesting with so the private sector <clears throat> is tied to reality, right? Like. The private sector, obviously, they well, can't. Well, they can't print money, is what I'm saying. They can't just do things with no consequences. So if they're no, going to they, build a house and it's not finan like there's no financial reward to do it, like they're going to get punished and they're going to go broke or bankrupt, and then they can't build houses next year, right? And that like that goes for every private sector unless they're getting government contracts or some sort of basically free money from yeah. someone who can print the money. Yeah. Right. So they're they're tied to reality, whereas the government, in many ways, they're kind of unhinged from reality. They are, but they create a reality, which is a like maybe a false reality. reality. Whoa, deep. Yeah. Very deep, Brent. <laughs> um, but but that dictates the behavior of the private sector. Right? Yeah. This is why real estate is such a big part of our economy in Canada, because people are like naturally gravitating towards real estate because of what the government is doing. Yeah. And here, let me pull up so another. So if the government can do it, then the private sector can kind of like benefit from that and kind of yeah. do it too, right? Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Well, it's what we've talked about for like a, a lot, right? Yeah. You have a money printer, the closer you stand to the money printer, the more that's the Cantillon effect, yeah. right? The more you benefit. And how do you stand close to the money printer? You buy real estate. Yeah. Because that's make that's printing money. That's and literally getting increase. your wheelbarrow and standing beside the money <laughs> Pretty <printer>. much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah. And I don't know. I'm trying to continue the, uh, <laughs> the metaphor here. Taking that wheelbarrow and building a foundation of fiat money. Okay. Uh, does, that, does that work? No, it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you need to put these really smart glasses on. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't do anything for you. Um Okay, here, here's another chart. I don't see any problems here, Mark. These are uh, rose-colored glasses. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Maybe that's what the government's I only wearing. see the positives. Okay, another chart. Approved international student oh, visas January chart. 2022 to April 2023. Okay, this is interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, so we have uh, Ontario colleges, Ontario universities, and then non-Ontario. Um, so <sighs> here's a big shock. Everything is Ontario. And the... Sorry, almost everything except for one is Ontario. University Canada West. I mean, like, what is... It's clearly a... So... How many of these universities or colleges were started or new campuses were started in the last three years? That's what I want to know. And that's that's <laughs> what I was trying to say, and I just... Because uh, if you're increasing the, This is a made-up thing. Yeah. University Canada West. Like, yeah, they clearly... Somebody started up a yeah. university, quote-unquote. Yeah to cater solely to international students. Yeah. And that's, you see a lot of these, like just universities and or colleges and strip malls. Yeah. And so we've talked about like this before, previous episodes. Yeah. Where I've just gone off about this diploma mill and this terrible way of defrauding international <coughs> students. Yeah. 
and how much damage this is doing to Canada, to our reputation, to these students. Like yeah. it's all, it's just, it's all a sham and it's terrible. And um, yeah, when you look at these numbers, right, the number of international students. So Conestoga College, you're taking a lot of flack <laughs> and like rightly so, right? The last 16 months or from this, from this study, um, 31,000 approved international student visas. 31,000 for some, <laughs> like, I don't know. I remember kind of, st like, it can grow. I'm sure it can grow. But it was a small college in Waterloo, I think. Well, it's going to have to grow really fast. Well, <laughs> I had a look at their website. And um, what does 31,000 people look like in one lecture hall there? <laughs> <laughs> well, so for, for example, McMaster University, where I went yeah. many moons ago, now has about 37,000 uh, students. Yeah. But this is total. Like, total. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they said 17% are inter international. Is so that all on one campus, still, pretty much? <laughs> yeah. They have, like, I think one, maybe one or two small buildings Satellite, somewhere else, yeah, one yeah. in Burlington. But um, that's all generally <laughs> in that campus on in uh, Hamilton right and so this is like a mid-sized Canadian university 37,000 so Conestoga College here they've got you know locations in Brantford Cambridge Guelph Ingersoll Kitchener Milton Stratford Waterloo and more coming yeah um, and and based on this growth of 31,000 per year so uh, I saw another um, Another infographic, which I don't have here, yeah. but this is from somebody who is familiar with uh, recruiting, and he was just a Canadian uh, fella, and he's like, yeah, if I can recruit a uh, college student, yeah. um, average tuition would be about $20,000 a year. Yeah, I think I have that here. Oh, okay. This one? Uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah. So this is for... University Canada West, this made-up university. Look, maybe it's existed for a long time, yeah. but just looking at the name, it's. I'm guessing it's somebody... They're really pigeonholing themselves, right? It's got to be West. They can't do Central Canada. <laughs> yeah, like, I they know. They can't do East, right? Uh, they so how do they expand? So, okay, here's another, <laughs> maybe not even conspiracy theory. Right? Just based on the name. You know Mark, this is probably not a, a native English speaker. We're going to wrap your head in tinfoil. Right? Pretty much. I'm going to start a, a fashion uh, chain yeah. um, made of tinfoil. Um, oh, no, so he, here's another thought. A lot of these private colleges, and like not Conestoga or some of these other ones that I had on the list, but a lot of these smaller ones um, are like, especially in Vancouver, look at the ownership. Who owns them? Yeah. Chinese, uh, Chinese nationals. Yeah. And who goes there? Chinese students. Yeah. So they've basically found a way to launder money out of China, which has been happening yeah. in Canada for years. Read Willful Blindness by Sam Cooper, yeah. if you don't believe me. Uh, but this is just another way to launder money out of China. Um, and then now they can have this in a Canadian account, right? Yeah. And like, surely not all of the students that... So University Canada West has 14,000 students. Not all of them... Like, they're not all in on this, and they're just trying to get money for this one guy into his bank account. Yeah. Um, but the point is, it's probably majority Chinese, I would imagine, um, who are coming here and getting useless diplomas. Yeah. And somebody is profiting off it. And, uh, like, that money, where's that money going? So none of this is helping Canada, is my point. Yeah. Right? And, um, like, that that's a problem. You allow well, like in the fact, diploma it's, mill in it's, itself is a problem. It's not that it's just not helping; it's also hindering. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, but okay. Back to the point, though, on this yeah. graphic. So this guy can make up to three grand commission for recruiting a a student here. Yeah. So and, for people who aren't looking at it, there's a gross tuition of twenty twenty thousand dollars. The application fee is zero, right? Because we got to incentivize getting people in here. Yeah, but there's a, a there's a commission. That's that's paid for somebody who kind of refers a student to this program of three thousand dollars, which yeah. when I went to school that was basically the tuition. That was yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy, yeah. and you can bet that commission is bigger for people who are um, like operating in in like either India or China. So India and China are two largest sources of international students. Yeah, and um, there are companies that. That's what they do. They just recruit. Yeah, so that's you can Canadian. pull this up too. I have a like the company called Applyboard. Okay, here Applyboard. we go. Applyboard.com. You can Google this. I don't know. It's just it's so it's a recruiting company. Uh, be seen by a hundred thousand students every month. So it's basically like 
talking like this company is going between colleges, universities in Canada saying, or probably other, other places as well saying we have boots on the ground in places where you can get international students. If you use us, we'll help recruit students for you. And, uh, you can become a recruitment partner, um, from them to grow your, your college or university, which is a huge financial incentive, right? Because in Canada, like you can, you can only charge, we've talked about this before. You can only charge uh, domestic students yeah. up to a certain amount of tuition, right? Whereas it's, they cap it. Whereas in, uh, if you have international students, you can now all of a sudden charge, uh, five times that rate and people would be willing to pay, pay it because it's, um, an opportunity to kind of get into the country and, um, maybe they, they, and that's the other thing too. That's kind of sad, right? They, they you mentioned they, they kind of sell them a lie, basically they say, look, Hey, you're going to have this great life. You're going to move to this country and you're going to have housing, you're going to have, you know, opportunity to work and you're going to have a study, you have a great education They get here. And <laughs> then they see an ad on Facebook for like, you know, Hey, you got to share a bedroom or share a closet or even share a bed with somebody for 500 bucks a month. Um, yeah, not, not very, uh, yeah, not very nice to do that. No, it's, um, <coughs> it's no. false, it's false promises, right? It is. And yeah, because they'll come here and realize. And that was, okay. That was the other thing that was mentioned in one of these articles was that immigration, like you can kind of expand immigration by doing these uh, recruitment tactics and trying to yep. make it easy for people to come here. But then, um, at a certain point, the pendulum swings too far. People realize, Hey, this is a false promise. Yeah. The word gets out and now all of a sudden no matter how hard you try, you're not gonna be able to get those numbers and it's going to swing the other way. Right. And we actually either lose people or not be able to attract the people that we want. Yeah. Um, so you gotta be really careful. Right. Well, and just demolish our reputation. Yeah. Right. Canada is a great place to live. Well, Canada is like, if you're an international student, it sucks. Yeah. Right? If you're, they've, it's they've a great place a f- to live. If you already have a house. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're absolutely rich and yeah. you, you, you can just buy a home, like fine. Um, but if you're, what did you say? It takes the average Indian family 74 years yeah. to scrape together. Yeah, that was from this tuition uh, for one year for. That in, was from the Canada. fifth estate, did kind yeah. of a documentary on this whole thing, right? How recruiters in India use false promises to lure students to Canada. Yeah, it's a 70, the average Punjabi family, 74 years income to pay for one year's tuition in Canada. For, yeah. Yeah. So you can imagine, right? They're mortgaging the family farm. Yeah. They're, um, <coughs> they're scraping, borrowing money from relatives and friends. And then these poor students are coming here and realizing this is terrible. And I've, I've read some articles about this, people who did some investigative journalism. Um, like this, the sense of shame is so strong. They realize it's terrible, but they can't say anything yeah. because of the extreme sacrifices of their families. Right. And they realize like, wow, okay, now I've graduated. I can't get a good job. Yeah. And the expectation is you come here. So this is the other thing, right? These are their diploma mills and this is the alternate path to citizenship uh, in Canada. So the idea is this whole family is going to sacrifice. They're going to get this student. uh, And this is like an age old story, right? But they're going to send this one young promising person to this better country where they can get a good job and then they can in turn support the family whether that's yeah. bring some of the family over or just send money back <coughs> well these students are coming here and they're realizing like rent costs so much food costs so much i got nothing to send back yeah, home it's not gonna work and so funeral homes are doing a booming business especially in brampton um because of suicides by international students like what a sad story yeah they're just so depressed about how things have gone here um, there's, I get the one funeral home was doing it, shipping at least five students a month back home to India, um, be, because of, because of what's happening. And like, this is, it's, 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 um, it's controllable, right? So I just, I looked at, um, quickly tuition at Conestoga for Ild, early childhood education resource consulting. Um, so the, the total fees, uh, for the, for the term spring, 2024, uh, $8,988,000, $8,900,000, sorry, 8,900, nine grand. Okay. $9,000. Okay. Stop trying to trick me, trip me yeah. up, Brent. 
Um, think about all the taxes the government could charge on that, eh? Well, you, look is there at this. taxes on that stuff? Nah, no, <clears throat> not for domestic, be. but there's probably for foreign, no? I maybe I don't know. If there isn't, we should put it on there. Yeah, yeah, that would be uh, that would be. And one then thing. build some houses. Yeah, but this is for one term, nine grand, right? So that graphic you had pulled up showed about twenty grand tuition. Yeah. Um, so if I'm Conestoga, and you got thirty-one thousand, thirty-one thousand people <coughs> uh, times twenty thousand for just over a year, six hundred twenty million dollars of revenue for one college. Yeah. In Ontario. Yeah. And all so it, yeah. there is billions, billions in revenue for colleges and universities, so. and it's like we've been talking about this and how you know dirty little secret. But are we going to talk about how open. to actually start a college ourselves? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, oh man, um, yeah, college of Dutch cooking or something. <laughs> There's a lot of potatoes on the menu. <laughs> Trudeau plans record number of immigrants to Canada through 2024. So I guess he's continuing. He wants to continue with this. Well, the, so like, because Canada is founded on immigrants, more or less, right? Like, we need yeah, immigrants to we do. continue our economy yeah. and economic growth. We do, and people will often say this. We're built on immigrants, yeah. and yeah. So in the fifties, like our parents or grandparents uh, came here in the fifties and sixties, and um, but like there were no social services. Yeah, they came here and they built stuff and they built institutions. And right? Interestingly, too, they couldn't print money back then. Not the same. No, no, it wasn't the same. Like it, it's completely different, uh, different scenario. And you read about some of these food banks have started restricting access for international students, which is is sad. But it's not because they're racist. It's because they they just they don't have enough um, they don't have enough food. Yeah. For um, like for the I don't know what you want to call it, but the people who are actually like permanent residents who live there. Yeah. Uh, they don't have enough food for like to supply them. Right. And the idea is international students are supposed to be able to support themselves, right? Yeah. So what they'll do is they, right now it's 10000 bucks. They have to have outside of tuition in a GIC, which is, hey, good for the banks, right? How yeah. convenient is that? They have to buy a GIC. And uh, that requirement has been upped to $20,000 per year for the next year. Yeah, that's this. Uh... <laughs> what do we got here? Oh, okay, yeah. And then, yeah, the number of hours they work. So immigration minister let that slip a while ago, right? He said that these international students are a lucrative source of um, <laughs> Oops. Uh, employment to say for, that. Uh, for business. Yeah. It's like, dude, what are you saying? <laughs> like, really? And, like, it's true. Yeah. It is lucrative. Yeah. Right? If you go, like, I don't know, go any sort of minimum wage um, job. Yeah. Right. And like, who's working there? It's very obvious to see who's working there. It's international students. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because like, at least they want to work. Not like half the yeah. population here is content to, to be on welfare. But um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. Yeah. Well, and this this just is going through how, yeah, pre-2006, no off-campus work allowed. Uh, then April 2026, or sorry, 2006, off-campus work permit. Uh, program introduced <laughs> allowing up to 20 hours work off campus yeah <clears throat> and then that kind of keeps going uh 2014 uh that's terminated and work permits no longer required to work up to 20 hours um and yep. then then in more recently november 22nd or sorry november 2022 all restrictions on off-campus work are waived yeah so interesting right so now and this is what you see you see students who uh, come here and basically start working full time right away while either attending university or college or not attending at all. Yeah. And just hoping to get based on the length of time they spent here and, and establishing roots that they can apply for citizenship. Yeah. Well, let's sum this up, Mark, because uh, it was a little bit of a rant this episode. And, uh, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we want to move back into our series and uh, continue that. But <clears throat> what can people take away from this? Because... Um, every time we talk about current events, it seems like, ah, get your tinfoil and wrap it around your head. Uh, I know. I feel like that because like when we were talking about, I don't know, before we did the podcast, like years, you know, a few years ago, 
we talked about some of these uh, trends in our real estate groups and stuff, right? But it wasn't like tinfoil hat kind of just like, oh, interesting. Like, look at these trends and that yeah. bodes well for real estate. Yeah. But now it's like we, we talked about the hockey sticks. All of these trends that were sort of steadily going up is now hockey stick, yeah. right? It's the end of the stick. They're going straight up. And you can say it's tinfoil hat but like everybody can see it for what it is yeah right if like it, it doesn't take a, a rocket think, yeah, surgeon i think part to of it too is out. that rocket surgeon <laughs> part of it too is that like it, if, if it goes up that dramatically it's not an organic growth it's not like hey we had such a great experience in canada everybody's got to come here and check yeah. it out right it's yeah. you actually act like once you get that kind of growth you actually have to try like you have to put money and effort into getting that kind of growth, right? Yeah. It's kind of commendable um, in a sense. Like the fact that you can actually hit that kind of target, right? Well, it we, takes marketing, it takes effort, it takes recruitment, and like it's a machine. Well, you said what can the government do to, you know, the government can't make, you know, cause more houses to be built. Well, they can certainly cause more international students to come. Yeah. They can cause local small colleges to have a ridiculous amount of uh, billion a million or million dollars million you sound like biden yeah <laughs> trillion billion <laughs> million dollars um uh, no but they can cause meteoric growth in these institutions like you yeah. just have to give people a little bit of rope and a little bit of incentive yeah. and they'll figure but it how, out so how does this bode for like us just you know average lay people talking about this <laughs> well it depends where you are if you're yeah. a real estate investor we've talked a little bit about this right yeah. like cash loan is hard right now in southern ontario yeah but I mean, because I don't know. Of, look at the trends yeah. because of interest rates yeah. and stuff and prices. But look at the trends. <laughs> like I never like to count on equity growth in a real estate um, portfolio. But I mean, just like I said, look at the trends. Do you see yeah. this? Do you see a return to affordability anytime soon? Yeah. CMHC said we need another three and a half million homes by 2030 to in addition to the homes that are already being built yeah. to get to affordability. That was last year they said it. Yeah. Right. That must have increased by some factor by now yeah. because of the increased immigration. But like, do you see that happening? Right. Do you see immigration slowing? Yeah. Do you see inflation slowing? Right. If the answer to all those questions yeah. is no, then like, here's my next question. Do you see real estate prices going down? Yeah. No. And, you know, do you see rents going down? No. Right. Some I saw somebody had a calculation or like, I think we've kind of reached maximum rent. It's like three thousand or 20, average twenty five hundred in cities yeah. and two grand in yeah. uh, non uh, non urban areas. But like that's there's no basis for that. That's maybe there's some um, growth that they've seen where it's kind of leveled out right now. But as long as inflation goes up, the value of money goes down. <coughs> rents are going to keep going up. Yeah. And maybe rents won't go up, but units will get smaller. Yeah. So instead of duplexes, it's triplexes or yeah. it's all and student that's the housing. Trend. Yeah, that's the trend. And I think, Mark, maybe we just need to go get a government job. Because uh, <laughs> there's lots out there. They're hiring at double or triple or quadruple the rate. <laughs> oh, man. I could find, yeah. How hard can it be, right? <clears throat> yeah. Um, anyway, so, I mean, yeah, there's, yeah, on one hand, from the real estate perspective, like, yeah, I, I we talked about it, right? Do you think rents are going to go up? Probably, or prices going to go up? Probably, but you know, just what's ha culturally what's happening in Canada, quality of life, all that stuff. Like, it's tough. Inflation's not. This is all inflationary as well, by the way. Yeah. Adding all these people, right? Yeah. So, do you think food's going to get any cheaper? Nope. So you yeah. better be in a position to earn more money somehow to be able to afford life in Canada. And uh, so, I mean, this, I was talking to my wife about it the other day. Like, it's a concern for us. Yeah. yeah. What kind of Canada are our kids? If we stay here, what kind of Canada is it going to yeah. be for them? Yeah. It's going to be tough because all this stuff that's happening now has implications years in the future. Yeah. It's not just going to, it didn't happen overnight and it's not going to stop overnight. Yeah. So... Um, All right. There's your daily dose of cheer. <laughs> right before Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yeah, this, uh, when's this coming out? This, oh, this is after Christmas, won't it be? Yeah, well, either way, Merry Christmas to all our listeners. And uh, yeah, you got, any, you got anything to say, Brent? No, happy to wrap year. this up. 
Steward your wealth wisely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, folks, for listening, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Two Stewards Show. If you like my voice better, click subscribe. And if you like my voice better, click share. If you like both, give us a five-star rating. To interact with the show, feel free to reach out at hello at twostewards.ca. We'll see you in the next episode. In the meantime, steward your wealth wisely. <laughs>